Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports, the first for the month of November, right here in Live and Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brownhead. That's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's Girl McGee on the IG. And you want to three, two, one. This is live, folks. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, so you can catch all the five live shows throughout the week. So if you happen to miss them, you can go back and listen to them and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can go to go to Sports Find Sports Zone Chicago rather on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, please find Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of this of this great show, you can do so by subscribing to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are all available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor. And you can follow War Media, Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the pod, Jagly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any definite opinions during our two-hour live extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can always go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Or you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I've given Lakina full boat to give you fools to be a little bit boot. Bye-bye. And before we begin, we must remind you that Sports Hall Chicago is now available on Roku TV. That's why right, Sports Hall Chicago is available on your Roku television. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Hall Chicago is on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku TV, just tap on the sports folder and go to Sports of Chicago, download it that way. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. You have a few handheld devices laying around your iPad, iTouch, iPhone, smartphone, PC, your Chromebook like I'm using right now. Just download the Roku TV app 
and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So no more excuses and give with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now on Roku TV 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. And we're also on Twitter now, too, so you can follow us at Sports Zone Shy. That is, Yay! yeah, so Sports Zone Shy. That's S P O R T S Z O N E Shy, you know, short for Chicago C H I. So make sure you check us out also on Twitter anytime you want. You, you know, follow all follow us. We believe it's news, all the live shows is all right there for you. All right, Lakina, let's get to it. We're talking about the Bulls in the NBA at large to start off this program. The Bulls had a perfect tune all week so far. They beat the Brooklyn Nets uh, in Brooklyn on national television, 108 to 99, and then came back at home to beat Michael Jordan's Charlotte Hornets, 106 to 88. Lakina, just quick observations: the starters they didn't look so hot as a group, but the bench has been picking it up these last couple of games. In particular, Gordon Dragic and my guy Javante Green. He has 17 big points to help the Bulls pull away in that fourth quarter, including three for three from three-point range. But it's been the play of Zach Levine that has, has Bulls fans raving. Is he back yet? Will he take any more games off? Is, is he starting to come into form? He proved to you on Tuesday, scoring 20 of his 29 points in that game against Brooklyn in the fourth quarter. He really rose up to the occasion. Lakina also, too, I know we'll break this down uh, coming up, but I've really been liking the play of Io DeSumo. I know he's replaced on Lonzo Ball, who's currently injured. Hopefully he returns in the middle of the season. But Io DeSumo's confidence is starting to rise again. So I like the way he's been playing. But Patrick Williams, these last two games, I told you a week ago, give him a couple more weeks. If he doesn't get it done, then kick him out the starting lineup. These last two games, he stepped up big time, playing 33 minutes apiece. Oh, and I thought those were like current highlights, but I guess not. Uh, that was that was from the Sixers game. Okay, but uh, you know, look, you know that Hornets game, especially. You know, we'll, we'll go. We'll talk to about the Nets game first. The Nets, that Nets game. You know, Zach Levine had a big, you know, fourth quarter, as you said, to try to you know get it going. And look, the Nets have their own issues. We'll get to that in a second, but. Yeah, that was a really great showing by you know, the Bulls. And remember, they actually swept the Nets in the regular season last year. So the Nets have had mm-hmm. the Bulls have had the Nets number uh, lately. So not sorry about that. Now the Hornets game was a little bit worrisome because you know they were traveling, they were off a, on a high from that game. You know that game that previous night against mm-hmm. the Nets, but you know they struggled. They struggled a, a bit. You know DeRozan only had nine points, but it was the bench that stepped up. You know Javante Green had seventeen off the bench. Goran Dragic showed a little bit of that old Goran Dragic that we. Saw mm-hmm. some of his peak uh, career, 16 off the bench as well. So it was nice little team win on both ends. And I think you'll look if you know they're five and four. If you saw uh, earlier, Zach Levine actually, uh, you know, hit a, a full court shot in practice. So that could be. Hopefully, that's a good omen for <laughs> the Bulls. Yeah. So though tonight it was a kind of tough one. I'm sure the the, the Celtics are going to want their revenge uh, from a couple of weeks back when they came back and you know, the Bulls came back and beat them. So hopefully that. That will uh, propel. The hope that was a good over for tonight. So, but look, I think the Bulls, the, the Bulls has been really solid for the Bulls. The pitch has been very good. So, look, I think this is what you want. If the if the stars the stars have a bad night, you know they step up. You know the stars can be a little bit, you know have a have a, a great game, and you know the guy the others you know kind of step up and sort of like fill in that role. So, you know what I think this is what you want if you're a Bulls fan. 
And I'm also going to make you proud right now, Lakina, and to your, those Bulls haters out there, Bulls Nation. Nikolai Vucevic has stepped up, especially defensively this year in the, in the rebounding department, averaging close to 12 rebounds a game. I know you missed a triple-double, uh, not a triple-double, you missed a double-double the other night. I believe it was the Brooklyn game. He had mm-hmm. seven points but grabbed 15 rebounds. He's really been active on both ends. On the defensive end, uh, grabbing those uh, extra rebounds that he couldn't uh, do a year ago. Also, too, he took advantage of Kevin Durant the, of the mismatch a couple of times during the uh, later latter stages of the game on Tuesday. Uh, it's been remarkable to see Vuce, Nikolai Vucevic being more aggressive, especially in the post, where we were begging for him to do that last year when he got the matchup. He just wouldn't do it. This year, he's adding that more to his game. Absolutely. And that's what, look, he pulled up a little bit. He lost a little bit of weight. So you're seeing that, you know, play, pay dividends for the Bulls so far. And, and look, I mean, yeah, he had his struggles. And look, I know all the Vooch haters are out there. But look, you can't help but think that, you know, look, I think he started to kind of find that groove. And this is a Vooch that we were hoping to get, you know, when we got that, you know, the Bulls got that trade from the Magic. So we're starting to see, a little, see that a little bit. P. Will, I think he saw some of the, the criticism that people have been throwing at him. It kind of took it to heart. So... I'm, I'm not look at this point. I'm not so I'm not too worried about the Bulls. They got a pretty tough schedule uh, coming up. They got Boston, of course, tonight on Sunday. They got the home and home back to back home and home against Toronto. That should be interesting. Then they got the Pelicans mm-hmm. on Wednesday, and then they and then they also host Denver. So they got three pretty uh big you know home games coming up. You know, and then to early next into the middle of next week. So I'm not too worried about the Bulls at this point. Mm-hmm. Look, they had a tough schedule to start. They've been pretty solid so far. So hopefully I can keep it going and perhaps maybe make a little bit of a run here. You're listening to Sega City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition, the first for the month of November, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. We were talking about the Chicago Bulls at the NBA at large. You have any questions or comments for us regarding the NBA, you can go always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Shout out to our guy, Mr. Money, Ernie Mount Vernon Fairley. Uh, did the Lakers win a game? Yeah, yes, they did. Now they've won the last two games. And now since we uh, – thanks, Vernon, for for that comment. And we're going to kick off our NBA segment by discussing the Los Angeles Lakers. How about Matt Ryan, LeCan? No, not the NFL quarterback for the Colts, but uh, the, the backup small forward slash shooting guard for the Lakers. Uh, game tying three as time ran out uh, on Wednesday against the New Orleans Pelicans. I had the chance to watch some of the game live via this computer screen. Uh, the play was not called for LeBron, but Matt Ryan hit that uh, left right corner three to send the game to overtime. The Lakers took it over from there and won the game. They're now two and five on the year. Lakina, break up the Lakers. What's going on? <laughs> well, yeah, I think they've. I think I think Russell Westbrook is finally starting to find his sort of like a shooting touch again. And you know that that whole thing, you know, like you said, with that, that shot by Matt Ryan. Now I know people are wondering, like, wait a minute, that's not no 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 not not that Matt Ryan. There was actually. <laughs> Uh, he's actually a rookie, but uh, look, I think that was a sort of like that might have inadvertently gave a little bit of sort of that buff that they needed. And look, if you're if you're the Lakers, look, you can kind of start you know, getting into a little bit of a run. You know, you're two and five right now. You run your last couple of games, so maybe maybe Jarvin Ham is starting to kind of figure it out a little bit with the Lakers. Again, still got a, a ways to go, but we'll see. But look, that was actually a pretty good you know, pretty good game from us on Sunday against. Uh, the Pelicans and look that look the Pelicans had their you know, their chance to put that game away once they caught up to the Lakers, but mm-hmm. you know they did they didn't do it. So you know that that's a sort of an interesting uh, a little hit there from that game. But uh, yeah, look if you're the Lakers, you kind of you know try to keep that momentum up going into the weekend. Yeah, shout out to our guy Bernard Mole Senior. Did you say finding his shooting touch? LOL. 
<laughs> uh, I'm assuming uh, you're talking about Westbrook, but uh, Westbrook has been doing fine these last couple of games coming off the bench. Well, like you said, we'll see what happens as the Lakers uh, try to get back to five hundred. I know Anthony Davis is dealing with a minor back issue, but hopefully he'll stay healthy. He said he's going to play close to 82 games this year. We'll see about that. And the, uh, the Lakers, of course, are now winners of their last two games. Lakina, the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday at MSG. Deontay Murray, who was traded from San Antonio to the Hawks this offseason, dropped a career-high 36 points in MSG as the Atlanta Hawks beat the New York Knicks 112-99. to The Atlanta Hawks alone scored 32 points in that third quarter. Yeah, they can shoot, you know, but like but like I said, and this has been sort of a thing with this Atlanta team. They depend on the three a little bit too much for my liking. So mm-hmm. I'm still I still got my questions about Atlanta and their defense. You know, their defense has actually been pretty okay, but I think a lot of that's due to the Knicks, Knicks struggling from the field. So that, that, that that's how they were able to kind of pull that out. You know, the, the Hawks were able to pull that out. So I, I know they're five and three, but again, I'm not a I'm not a believer in Atlanta just yet. I know they made that big trade, you know, for Murray, but Again, I'm st- I still want to. I still want a bigger sample size. Um, Utah got you know back to a little bit. They they lose to Dallas 103 to one hundred. Luca another thirty three points for him. He's just you know racking them up. So that was a, a that was actually ended up being a pretty good game. I saw some of that game you know, via this uh, computer and a, a nice showing for them so far. Yeah, like you say, Dallas. They went to the Western Conference Finals last year. Now Jason King really turned that program around uh, from the month of January on, and they starting to find that groove again. So hopefully they can keep it up as the days and weeks go on. I want to fill, focus in back on the Eastern Conference and the Philadelphia 76ers. They drop a game at home to the Washington Wizards on Wednesday, one twenty-one to one eleven. But that's not the story. The story is James Harden. Uh, 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 injured mm-hmm. tendon in his right foot. He's going to be out at least a month. I think the Philadelphia Sixers can get by. We all know that James Harden is one of the uh, best scorers in this era that the league has ever seen. But as usual, it's not about the regular season for him. It's about the playoffs for him. So I think that Philadelphia can get by, but it's going to be tough. But hopefully that Joel and B can stay healthy through this stretch until Harden returns. If he doesn't, it's going to be trouble. But I think Philly can get by, but barely they can get by without James Harden for a month. Basically, as long as a B doesn't get hurt, I think he's going to be the, the Sixers themselves is going to be fine. Mm-hmm. The Wizards look a little bit better than a lot of people realize, so we'll see if they can keep it up. So I'm not too worried about Philly. I know, uh, you know, hopefully Maxi can pick up the slack. Other guys on there mm-hmm. can help and beat out while Harden's gone. So hopefully that could be the that'll be the case there. Now, Golden, the, the, let's talk about the defending champions, uh, Golden State. Um, it lost another tough. It lost a couple of tough games, including one yesterday. Against Orlando, I mean, look, we had our girl Kyla Mills on. I, you know, she she's of course the co-host of Lockdown Warriors podcast. Mm-hmm. She's not worried, and you know, honestly, I'm not either. I mean, look, this is sort of similar to Philly. I mean, they're they're built for the for the uh, the postseason, so mm-hmm. I'm not too worried. I mean, they've had their struggles. I know Steph's been struggling. I know some of the other guys have been struggling. The you know, Draymond has had his issues and Clay as well. So I'm not too worried about the Warriors right now. I mean, we're, it's still a long way to go in the season, so I'm. I think I know Warriors fans are starting to freak out a little bit, but you know that I would I would I would kind of like you know calm you know tell people to calm down a little bit here. Yeah, the Warriors are the second defending champion in NBA history to start their uh, to start their season losing the first five games in a row and blowing a sixteen point lead last night Thursday at Orlando ties for the third 
largely blown under the Steve Kerr era. Like, Keenan, real quick, last night, I know you saw that final play. Did Steph Curry make the right decision? Go, of course, so he passed it to Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, as uh, the time was winding down, had a, a one-handed run, and he damn near made it. Yeah, it was just a bad look. I mean, I think it was okay. – the, the play was fine. I think it was just that he didn't hit it. And I think that was sort of the, the thing. I know some people felt that maybe Steph should have taken it. But, mm-hmm. look, I mean, Clay was right there. And, look, he's made some you know, big shots too in his career. So, I think people forget about that. So, like I said, I'm not worried about the Warriors at this point. I mean, we're still – like, we're not even two weeks, like three weeks into the season. So, I think, you know, anything you see at this point, it's sort of moot. So, mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about them. Yeah. So it's fine. I mean, Miami, Miami have a couple of big wins, of course. You know, Miami beat Golden State on Tuesday. They also capped off, you know, no letdown. Of course, you know, they did you know, had to fight off against Sacramento. So they were they're kind of going on a roll a little bit. Um, Milwaukee, you know, again, you know, they're kind of saving themselves, you know, for a playoff run. You know, they had a, a nice win against Detroit. You know, that's a that's a pretty uh good and improving Detroit team. Memphis got a, a big win against Portland on Wednesday. So uh, again, you know, at, at this point of the season, there's really like, look, I think no one should really freak out if you see anything. If your team's not doing well, the Warriors are doing well. Let's not let's not worry about them at this point. Yeah, just a couple of the nuggets before we break down this weekend's schedule. Uh, the the Phoenix Suns uh, beat the Minnesota Timberwolves on Tuesday. It's nice to see the Phoenix Suns get back in the win column, and the Los Angeles Clippers get back on track by winning the home and home series against the Houston Rockets. And Monday's game might predict. My winner for MVP, Paul George, hit the game winner on Monday. It was sweet watching it live via this computer screen. He was the man of the hour as he scored 30-plus points. Uh, as the Rockets actually played well uh, in the in that first game on Monday. Gave the Clippers all they can handle. But PG-13 stepped up and made the big shot. Did the same thing on Wednesday, too, against these team two teams. So they were able to pull away late thanks to him. So hopefully maybe the Clippers started pulling a little bit of a run so, mm-hmm. I, again, I know Clippers fans are starting to kind of, you know, be a little scared. But, I, like I said, at, th- at this point, I think, you know, they're they're starting to kind of turn around and they're still trying to figure things out. John Wall still trying to find his way mm-hmm. in this offense. So, like I said, not too worried about it right now. But going into this weekend, because we're up against it, Cleveland and Detroit mm-hmm. for tonight. Miami and Indiana at 6 o'clock as well. Uh, Knicks and Sixers, that should be an interesting one. Brooklyn and the Wizards. That'll be interesting with all the stuff that's going on to Kyrie. We're, we're probably, we'll try to talk more about that with our girl Christine Manica mm-hmm. later on in the show. Uh, Bulls and Celtics. You no, know, no. Uh, I don't know if there's. I don't know if there's going to be like a. I don't know if NBC Sports Chicago is going to have it, but you can you know, watch it on ESPN at six thirty. That's the first game of that uh, Friday night doubleheader. And Charlotte and Memphis. That's at seven o'clock. Charlotte and Memphis at 7 o'clock. Also, too, at 7 o'clock will be the Clippers at the Spurs. 7.30, Raptors at Mavericks. That's Toronto at Dallas, for those of you scoring at home. Golden State will continue their road trip at New Orleans tonight at 7.30. And the second game of that Friday night ESPN doubleheader tonight will feature Milwaukee and Minnesota. Very late start for the folks in Minnesota, 9 o'clock local time. And, of course, at the same time, Portland and Phoenix. And then the Utah Jazz will visit the Los Angeles Lakers to wrap up the Friday night schedule. That's at 9 o'clock. That, uh, that um, uh, Milwaukee T-Wolves game is at 9 o'clock. You know, like now you know, now Minnesota fans know how Bulls fans feel when they have to yeah. stay up through an 8.30, quick, 9 o'clock yeah. home game. Yeah, uh, quick note, Lakina. You will mm-hmm. not get local Bulls coverage if you're in Chicago. So that's a fully nationally televised game. So no NBC Sports Chicago uh, broadcast tonight. So that's 100% ESPN. 
Oh, you can listen to it on uh, six seven. The score with our girl is a burger me who was a part of that yes. uh, that that that, that uh, broadcast too. So make sure you guys check it out for your local local folks here. Saturday's games tomorrow. We got Sacramento and Orlando. That's at four o'clock. Brooklyn and Charlotte. You know, going off of that to back uh, Brooklyn, uh, New Orleans and Atlanta. That should be an interesting one. Uh, same time, uh, the Celtics. They got to uh, travel to New York tomorrow. That's part of the uh, first game. The NBA TV doubleheader. That's six thirty. That should be an interesting one there. Yeah, finishing out the Saturday schedule, you have OKC at Milwaukee. You have Minnesota hosting Houston. Spurs at the Nuggets, that should be an interesting one. And then the second half of that NBA TV doubleheader tomorrow night, Saturday, Portland at Phoenix. And then for Sunday, we will have Chicago at Toronto at 5 o'clock. So that's after the Bears game. But we'll get to the Bears later. <laughs> at 2.30 on Sunday, we have Cleveland and Los Angeles to take on the Lakers. At 5 o'clock, we have Washington and Memphis. And then at 9 o'clock on Sunday night, Utah at the Clippers. Yeah, they do that. Uh, it's the Lakers' turn to be first in that uh, doubleheader there at the Staples Center. I'm still calling that Staples Center, folks. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's, I guess that's really the theme here when both teams are at home. So I guess they uh, alternate back and forth. But, uh, yeah, so that's your schedule for the NBA for this weekend. Yes, it's break time on Second City Sports, hashtag Football Friday edition. Week 10 of college football coming up with the preview. Can Illinois continue their march towards a Big Ten title berth? Tennessee and Georgia are on the Cups and a Cups of a matchup this weekend. And we'll give you our thoughts on the college football pre uh, predictor playoff. that came out this week. Yeah, playoff. It, it came out this week. And some folks are happy and some other folks are just complaining just like five-year-old kids. We'll break that down, all that and more. As you're listening to Second City Sports, we're live in lovely color. I'm seeing that's Lakina right here on Sports Zone Chicago. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? 
For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday, the first show in November. I'm Sid Desilkina, real live in Lavin Color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A 0. S I D K I D A 0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Square McGee on the IG. You have any questions or comments for us during our now 90 minute of extravaganza? We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. Go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. We'll preview right now week 10 of, from the world of college football, but a couple of scores from last night to pass from uh, Tuesday night to pass along. Ball State gets by Kent State 27 20, while Ohio. Uh, Destroyed Buffalo 45-24. And then uh, two games that took place on Wednesday. Bowling Green gets by Western Michigan 13-9. While Northern Illinois goes down to Central Michigan at home at Husky Stadium 35-22. And then from last night, Thursday, Coastal Carolina gets by Appalachia State by 7-35-28. And Rice uh, gets by UTEP 37-30. A couple of games to to take note for tonight at 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network, UMass versus UConn. Also, at the same time on ESPN2, Duke would take a visit to Boston College. And at 9.30 p.m. on ESPN2, number 23, Oregon State, the Beavers will travel to Husky Stadium to fight, to face the Washington Huskies. Both teams are 3-2 and two in the Pac-12 play and 6-2 and two overall. Lakina, we might have an upset alert in that Pac-12 game tonight. I know Washington is favored by four, but I think they could be Oregon State, I'm just saying. Well, it wouldn't be an upset, though, because they, they both have the same record, and Washington's right there in the uh, in the top 25. I think they're right near the edge of that. So it really wouldn't be an upset if, if they would beat them. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see. It could be like it could be one of those defensive matchups. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Now, going into tomorrow's games, you got Air Force and Army. That's a 10th for the, the Commander-in-Chief trophy. That's, a, you know, the 10.30 a.m. on CBS. That's going to be down to Arlington, Texas. Then you got Ohio State and Northwestern. That's on ABC. <laughs> Take Ohio State in the points. Ohio State, uh, for those of you scoring at home, they're favored by 38. Next. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they might have to take it over there. Uh, Texas, Tech and T- <laughs> Texas Tech and TCU for big noon Saturday at 11 a.m. You know, I'm 
you know, TCU, I know they've been, you know, playing very well. I know they're undefeated still, but, you know, Texas Tech hoping to pull off the upset. They should be an upset alert. I'm talking about the Horn Frogs. So it'll be interesting to see what that defense can do to that Horn Frogs offense. Uh, North Carolina and Virginia, that's on ACC Network. Tulsa, they're uh, they're at the top of the American uh, Conference right now. Uh, they play, uh, you know, Tulane, they play Tulsa. So that'll be interesting game. It's on ESPNU. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tulsa's records at uh, three and five at seven and one. Tulane is the green wave of Tulane, so <laughs> they'll be addressing to see if you know Tulane. I think this is their first time being in the top twenty-five in a in a minute, so we'll mm-hmm. see what they can do. I want to talk about that game. That's I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but I want to talk about uh, the two thirty game between the Fighting Illini and Michigan State tomorrow from Champaign at two thirty. You can watch that game on the Big Ten Network. Uh, I'm trying to get up the the line for the lines for that game, but as we said last week, Lakino on this show, Illinois has a tough task coming up. Michigan State this week, I believe, Purdue next week before you go to the big house to take on Michigan. I believe they could beat Michigan State. I think Illinois is favored by double digits, but I think it's going to be a closer game with, than what people expect. But if Chase Brown continues to have, have a stellar season, he needs to have a stellar performance against Michigan State. I know Michigan State's been struggling this year, and, and besides doing something stupid after they lost at, at the big house last Saturday night. But if Illinois can continue to force turnovers defensively, they begin better every week, and Chase Brown keeps running that ball. I think Illinois has a shot at this one. I'm taking Illinois to win, but I think it's going to be closer than what people expect. I'm sure it'll be close, though, I think. With Michigan State and Illinois, they always have their battles. And look, they're mm-hmm. a lot, they're getting a lot of attention now, Illinois is. So we'll see how they respond to that. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, I'll, you know, I, I, Illinois shouldn't have no issues with Michigan State. I mean, they'll, mm-hmm. you know, look, I'm sure they'll keep it close. I'm talking about Sparty, but I'm sure they'll, mm-hmm. the Illinois will pull, should pull away late. Now, going back to that, uh, going backwards, uh, Kentucky and Missouri go back to the 11 o'clock game. Let's just say mm-hmm. Kentucky and Missouri, the Fighting Mike Burris, as we call them, uh, they'll face uh, each other on SC Network at 11 a.m. Florida, Texas A&M. That'll be, that'll be on ESPN, the first game of that. Mm-hmm. Their quadruple header there, Minnesota and Nebraska on ESPN2 at the same time. Iowa and Purdue, Purdue hoping to, uh, to keep pace with Illinois in that Big Ten West. Uh, that should be a, a good one there, 11 a.m. On FS1, Maryland at Wisconsin, 11 a.m. on Big Ten Network. Let's see. Uh, the big one here, uh, Tennessee, number one in the playoff standings. Look, I know mm-hmm. some folks were upset about you know, Tennessee. I thought it was interesting that they had Tennessee at number one. I thought I would, I thought this would be the reverse. But, you know, look, like I said, I think – and I'm going to keep saying this. Look, things will change, so I don't think people should you know, freak out. Yep. You know, Tennessee's at number one. Oh, my God. Look, a lot of this, you know, a lot of this will change you know, as, the, as the weeks go on. It's going to be about four or five times. You know, and it might change a lot of these four or five times. Definitely will change tonight as Hen Hooker and uh, Jalen Hill and the rest of the uh, volunteers uh, offense, they'll face a defense. That'll be a Georgia defense that will be without Nolan uh, Smith, one of their top defensive guys. He's done for the year with uh, uh, Jalen Hyde, I should say. Uh, uh, Nolan Smith, you know, for Georgia, he's done for the year with that uh, Liz Frank injury, I believe. So a big part of that defense, you know, although – Tech, uh, Georgia's defense is very deep, so I'm not too worried about Georgia, but this could definitely go down, come down to whoever has the possession of the ball last. Yeah, as we talked about it all season long so far, Lakina, Tennessee has passed a, a couple of big tests, winning the game against Florida at home and beating 
beating Alabama at the buzzer with the last second field goal at, at home. This time they go on the road to face the defending national champions. I'm looking for Jalen Wright, the big running back from Tennessee, to have a big game. And Hooker, he better not turn the ball over. He got away with it against Alabama. But if he does it against Georgia, you, you can say goodnight, Gracie, to Tennessee. I know UGA is favored by eight points, but I think Tennessee can keep it close. But uh, they got play close to perfect football. That defense for the Volunteers got to force – uh, Sean Bennett to throw a couple of interceptions. I know it's going to be tough, it. but it, it it can be done. But Tennessee's going to have to play near-perfect football. No stupid penalties. Yeah, Seth's embedded there for Georgia. We'll see if they can, if, uh, uh, they can slow him down. Talk about uh, the Vols' defense now. You mm-hmm. know, Jalen Wright, Jalen Wright and uh, you know, Dejon Edwards uh, for Georgia, the two running backs. Uh, of course, you know, uh, right from Tennessee. This is going to be interesting, you know, to like, you know, the, uh, sort of like the, the running you know, game. You know, can the, whose defense can slow down the running mm-hmm. game? Who, you know, who can make big plays? So this is definitely going to be about sort of like the, the big sort of thing. So I'm surprised this game isn't in prime time, but look, it is what it is. It, you know, it's at 2.30 on yeah. CBS. So if you're CBS, you know, your ratings have been pretty good this year. So this should be a, a classic one here. Now, Oregon and Colorado. At 2.30 on ESPN, uh, Oregon should have no trouble with Colorado. They're still right there in pacing the Pac-12. Penn State, Indiana, that's at 2.30 on ABC. Oklahoma State, it looks like there might be without uh, Spencer Sanders. I'll talk about OK State, hoping to bounce back you know, from that you know, that humiliating loss against K-State. Uh, Kansas looks like they're going to get Jaden Daniels back, so that should definitely help Kansas and that yeah. offense because they've lost three in a row since he's been gone. So. Yeah, that should be interesting one there on FS. Yeah, speaking of that game, Lakina, Kansas mm-hmm. is favored by a point, so it's basically had to pick them. The over-under total for their game is at 63, so Vegas expect this, expects this game to be a high-scoring game. And it might be. Look, you know how these big 12 games are, so it could, yeah. like I said, it could be. Uh, you know, I'm sure the Cowboys defense would love to kind of get that taste out of their mouth from that uh, loss to K-State last week, so we're interested to see what happens there. Now, Syracuse and Pittsburgh, that's on ACC Network. That should be an interesting one. UCF hoping to bounce back from that loss to SMU. They uh, UCF hoping to uh, build off the losses. Is now I should say they played Memphis at two thirty on ESPN two. That should be a, a fun one there. That's an exciting UCF team still. So that should be a fun one. Uh, Washington State and Stanford. That's on the Pac twelve network. Uh, let's see here. Cincy hoping to bounce back from that loss to UCF mm-hmm. as they uh, host uh, Navy at three o'clock on ESPNU. Uh, another big one here in the SEC at six o'clock on ESPN. You got Alabama and LSU. I, I, I I'm looking know. forward I, to this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering like if they're playing like you know kill with kindness. I guess Nick Saban is trying to like play a little bit of you know so like kill with kindness kind of thing. You know, compliment you know, excuse me, complimenting you know Jaden Daniels uh, from uh, from LSU and you know see what they you know how great he is and such. So I guess they're mm-hmm. you know kind of. You know, playing reverse, like, you know, weird, like, you know, psychology there. Uh, Bryce Young, you know, hoping uh, you guys, you know, get that good showing against the LSU defense. They're going to be facing a big test. I'll talk about the LSU uh, defense and uh, the penalties. The penalties have, have killed Alabama, especially on the defensive side. So they're definitely going to have to limit that. Yeah. They want to try to, uh, I know Death Valley, Death Valley is going to be rocking. So this should be, this should be another great one. Yeah, can Brian Kelly get his guys fired up to play Alabama? Uh, it shouldn't be no problem because they're at home. Like you said, Alabama is, is the big uh, one of the big programs in the country. I know Alabama is also favored by 13 and a half points. But if you're LSU, you had to play uh, damn near perfect football as well. You mentioned about the penalties on Alabama side on the defensive side. The offense better not screw up for LSU. 
I know they struggled to uh, they struggled coming out of the gates at the start of the season, but uh, they picked it up the last couple of weeks, and they're going to face a big test at home uh, against Alabama. Uh, if I was a betting man, I would take LSU to cover. I don't, I don't think they're going to win the game, but I think they'll play well. Should be interesting game there. Another interesting game in the Big Twelve. We got number twenty four Texas against K State. Um, K-State just, like I said, they hammered uh, OK State last week, but they got a mm -hmm. Texas team that's actually been improving, so it'll be interesting to see if they can keep up with that. And I'm sure the defense for, for uh, Texas would love to, you know, kind of slow down that uh, K-State offense, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here in this game. Yes, and also, too, on FS2 at 6 o'clock, we have BYU uh, against Boise State. BYU is 4-5. and five. Boise State is at 6-2 and two on the year. Boise State is favored by 8 points at home. The over-under total is 54 and a half. I think you you can expect a high-scoring game in this one, correct? Mm, yeah, probably. I mean, it could be like first or 40, I guess, with this game. So it'll be mm -hmm. just to see whose defense you know can step up in that game. So you can check that game on the FS2. Uh, UNLV and San Diego State, that's at 6 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Houston SMU, that's at 6 o'clock on NFL Network. Um, Clemson and Notre Dame. Nor I know Notre Dame's been improving lately, but I, I think Clemson, I, you know, they, they, they got you know, the, the, the week off from that win against Syracuse. And I think uh, Dabo's guys are going to be uh, rested and refreshed and ready wanting to make a statement, especially since they're right there in the driver's seat in the ACC. Mm -hmm. That'll be streamed. That'll be uh, both NBC and be streaming on Peacock. That uh, game, that uh, Clemson Notre Dame game. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, Michael Meyer, the big tight end for the Fighting Irish. He needs to have a big game. He has six touchdowns on the season, off of forty-seven catches for five hundred eighty yards. But the Notre Dame defense, they better, they better force a couple of turnovers, or else it's going to be a long night. Oh yeah, we'll see what happens in uh, Michigan and Rutgers. I know that you know, they were able to uh, you know, exercise those demons. Uh, from that, uh, you know, beating a Sparty finals for the first time in a couple of years. Rutgers is, you know, they've been okay. They haven't been great, but not saying they should be an upset alert, but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure the folks in Piscataway, they're going to be rocking. Uh, you know, hopefully Michigan, you know, avoids that trap. I'm not saying this is going to be a trap game for Michigan, mm -hmm. but I think if you're Michigan, you try to want to, you know, keep your eyes on the prize if you because you're going to want to be undefeated as you get, you know, go towards not just the playoff, but also, you know, when you have that uh, battle with Ohio State in a few weeks. You listen to Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday edition. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. As we preview Week 10 from the world of college football, continuing with the schedule for Saturday night's games tomorrow at 6:30 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Three and five Arizona will travel to Rice Echo Stadium to face the Utah Utes, who are ranked number 14th in the country. Arizona three and five. Utah is 62 overall. 4-1 in Pat 12 play. Utah's favor by 18 points. Should Utah be on the upset alert or no problem? No, I, I think they they I think they should be uh a little bit because I, I think Arizona, look, they've got a new coaching staff. You know, they're starting to, you know, find out you know, what they have. So I'm sure Arizona will probably, you know, be right there. I like I know Utah, Utah will probably pull away late, but I think Arizona mm -hmm. will will be proven won't be proven to be any pushovers. Auburn, uh, Carnell Cadillac Williams. We get ready to feel old, folks. A former standout running back from uh, Auburn, who's not an interim coach. <laughs> uh, he'll they'll face uh, Mississippi State. That's a six thirty on ESPN two. I know they're gonna be talking about that a lot. South Carolina and Vandy. That's also gonna be a six thirty on SEC Network. Uh, Florida State and Miami. That's the primetime game on ABC. Not a lot of hype from for this, obviously, but of course because of Miami, you know their struggles on offense. Florida State's had their issues and such. You know, they've had a couple, couple of uh, tough losses. I'm sure they're going to be talking about a lot of those old 
um, Florida State Miami games in the past. And those have been great games. But wide should, right, okay. wide right. <laughs> this should be. I don't know if it's gonna come to that, but should be an entertaining one nonetheless. That's that's at six thirty on ABC. At seven o'clock on the ACC network, we have Tony One uh, ranked team in the country. Wake Forest, the Demon Diggers, at six and two. They'll travel to Carter Finley Stadium to take on the NC State Wolf Pack, who are ranked number twenty-two in the country. They're also at six and two. Both the two, both those teams are two and two in ACC play. Wake Forest is favored by four. Wake Forest has been kind of under the radar as far as nationally, Lakina, but they've been doing uh, very well overall this season. NC State, kind of the same thing. What's what in your opinion? What gives here in this matchup? It's gonna be the defense. I think both the defense are gonna have to step up in order to kind of slow down the other. And it'll be interesting to see you know which you know team can respond. Wake Forest has kind of been up and down since it lost that lost two. Cle- well, actually, both teams have been up and down since those losses to Clemson. So mm-hmm. you know, trying to keep pace in that uh, that in their division. So this will be this will be an interesting matchup here. It's definitely a pick them here. California USC. That's the late game at nine thirty on mm-hmm. ESPN. UCLA and Arizona State, that's an FS1. That's the 9.30 game there. Uh, Colorado State and San Jose State at 9.30. Also, to uh, tap it off, Hawaii and Fresno State. Fresno State, that's at 9.30 on FS2. All right, so that's your week 10 schedule from the world of college football. As you listen to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday, I'm Sid Deslakino, live in Living Color on Sports on Chicago. We have a couple – Minutes left, Lakina, before we shut it down for our number one. The first rankings came out this week. Illinois is ranked in the teens, but as we mentioned during the preview, Tennessee is ranked number one overall. I know you have the, the ratings in front of you. As, as we said before, uh, these things can change and will change. Uh, I'm not really upset at all because you, you remind us every year, many of us smart folks listen, but some of you irrational, emotional, wrecked folk. You know, just have to say something. And as I said before, ESPN knows what they're doing to keep college football in the bar burner in terms of minds of sports fans. But there's really nothing to complain about here. It's going to change. Yeah, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson, those are your top four as of right now. Like I said, this is good. This is good. This could be this could change about four or five more times before uh, December. So I think folks who are upset that, oh, why is Tennessee you know, number one? Or why isn't TCU in the top five? Or this and that. I think, you know, folks need to just relax and just look at all it works. So mm-hmm. everyone has to play each other still within their own conferences. TCU still yeah. has to play Texas. Um, you know, Oregon still has to play uh, Oregon State. Um, mm-hmm. Alabama still has to play. You know, they, like, they got a tough one coming this week against LSU. Georgia and Tennessee are replaying each other tomorrow. So I think people need to kind of just chill and just, you know, just let the chips fall. Look, if it, if it happens to be some, a lot of weird things happening, Look, that's usually what happens. But again, we'll see. Illinois is 16 right now. We'll mm-hmm. see how, you know, they're going to look. There's going to be a lot of people going to be gunning for me, especially uh, coming up tomorrow. So mm-hmm. I-, I wouldn't worry too much right now. It all works itself out in the end. And, and just go, going with Illinois for, for a minute, uh, great job by Coach Brett Bielma. Uh, I think many people, including yours, really expected a bowl game this year. But as I said before, can they get to 10 wins? I think they can. I think they'll beat Michigan State tomorrow. They'll give them eight. And, of course, you have Purdue left on your schedule. Then you have to go to the big house in a couple of weeks to, to play Michigan. And then you come back home to wrap it up on Thanksgiving week against Northwestern. Now, assuming they beat Michigan State tomorrow, that's eight wins. Northwestern should be nine. If they split those two games between between Purdue and Michigan, which which 
it has a good chance of happening. They'll get to 10 wins and they'll definitely play in, in the Big Ten Conference game. Well, they get up to even a top 10 ranking. They should, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm interested to see how they respond against Michigan State tomorrow. But I'm really looking forward to next week how they, they, they'll respond against Purdue. Well, Purdue has Iowa, of course, tomorrow. We talked about that, of course, Illinois, mm-hmm. Northwestern, Indiana. So they got a pretty easy schedule as well. That Michigan game is a, is a wild card for Illinois. You know, they got to go to the big house. Yeah. I mean, look, they'll be addressing this. See, I'm sure uh, Jim Harbaugh is, you know, again, going to probably kill him with kindness. Again, he'll praise Chase Brown <laughs> and his brother, you know, twin brother, Sydney. Not that Sydney, but, you know, his twin, his twin <laughs> brother. Uh, they'll, they got a couple other, uh, you know, top guys there still. So they're going to look. Look, Illinois is going to be good to get, get their tests. They're going to have to get their tests. They're going to get mm-hmm. their tests in Michigan and they're gonna, at Michigan State, and they're going to get their tests against Purdue. So we'll see what this team is made of. And you got they got to wonder, though. I mean, no one's going to you know, be caught off guard by Illinois. So, yeah. You know, this, Real this quick, Lakeena, before test. we move on. Yeah. Before we move on, Lakeena, assume that Illinois wins tomorrow and next week against Purdue. Do you think, even though it's in Michigan, do you think Michigan would get the game day uh, crew? It depends on what's happening around it I, I, from that. I think they could. Because I don't think it, no one thought Illinois would get to this point, but mm-hmm. it'll, it'll, it'll just be depend on what happened in the other game. Because I'm sure I think it's going to be a big noon game. I, I think that Michigan Illinois game, if I'm not mistaken, that should so, be prime time if Illinois takes care of their business. I mean, they haven't decided what's going to happen yet, but you know, again, you don't know. You just don't know at this point. So. We'll have to wait and see. We got a few more weeks before any of that happens. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown. Now we got a few more minutes. I know we're gonna have Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th podcast, but um, we got the World Series, of course. Uh Houston uh won that pivotal game five last night. You know, this caps off the you know, the the combined no hitter. Look, I know some people will say that, oh, well, you know, a combined no hitter is not as exciting as a solo no hitter, blah blah blah. But look, I mean, you know, <sighs> Hav- I mean, yeah, I didn't know Christian. Really, Javier, really. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Christian Javier. I mean, you know, he, of course, he was for a part of that uh, combined no hitter. Well, uh, starting a combined no hitter uh, against the Yankees a couple, you know, a couple of months back, and also to mm-hmm. Ryan Prescott capped out both of those. He's the first player to no relief had done that too to finish both no hitters. So that's that was a pretty cool moment there. But they came back and won it so, and won a uh, game five. Of course, the Astros could be the, the third no-hitter in postseason history. Of course, Don Larson, perfect game. And the late Roy Halladay, may God rest his soul, follows through with a no-hitter in the first his first postseason start against uh, in the 2010 uh, NLDS. So for the for the Phillies. So, you know, the, the, this 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 is definitely like, you know, look, I think Houston had kind of shown you that, you know, they they got they they lost the other opener against um against Philly in the at home, but then they've been able to come back and win that. You know, lost that you know, tough one against game three, but then they get came back. You know, the you know, that game four that they really needed. They won that game, and now they won um, the Tuesday, uh, Thursday's game, which is yesterday, and now they're uh, one game away from uh, getting their second World Series. Here, here's the thing we talked about last week, Lakina, and I, we talked about this on uh, on our show, our last show on Monday as well. It's going to come down to the bullpens. Obviously, Houston has a big advantage of, of that right now. Their offense hasn't been that exciting. As as we say in in the playoffs, Rums come at a premium, and that's what's been happening to Houston these last couple of nights. I know Philadelphia how how quickly they get over that no hitter. Uh, we shall see. I know they scraped out two runs last night, but it wasn't nearly enough. Now you go back to Houston in that Cracker Jack box in Minute Maid Park. Let's see if, if the if the Phillies' office can turn around. They need to turn it around and turn it around in a hurry. It'll be Zach Wheeler against Framer. 
Framber Valdez. So you know, Zach Rio is going to have to step up big time and try to kind of tame it in that uh, that park. So Minute Maid Park. So we know that the you other know, it could be it's definitely a pitcher more pitcher friendly brawl park, Minute Maid Park than. Um, you know, then Philly's ballpark. So it's going to be interesting to see can Zach Wheeler use it to his advantage. If you're Valdez, your 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 main thing is just to make sure you you don't screw up and kind of keep you, you know keep mm-hmm. giving your team chances to win. You Zach Wheeler, you you want to try and like I know the crowd's going to be really into it at Minute Maid Park. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be interesting though. I mean, I, I feel look this is a this is make or break for the Phillies. So I know they're playing with house money, but I think if you want to try to you know force a game seven, you better you know. Zach Wheeler, you're the, one of the best stars. You better try to get it going tomorrow. Yeah, Zach Wheeler, uh, first pitch strikes in the offense for Philadelphia. Jump on them early. And you for Houston, just calm down. I know everybody's excited, but play within your game. Don't get outside yourself. And Houston uh, can do that. They'll take on their first World Series since 2017. All right. All right, you can catch both those games. You know, if Catch game six. Tomorrow on, of course, on the Big Fox Network, and also two games seven necessary that will be on Sunday. So uh, should be a fun one, nonetheless. Now, our number ones in the books. Our number two straight ahead, of course, uh, the White Sox. If you saw yesterday, have a brand new manager. Yay, a pitcher, a pitcher <laughs> Ripple. So, you know, we're gonna have our buddy Joel Lazowski from Sox Thirty Fifth Podcast talk about that, and of course, our girl Christy Manica. Well, we got a lot to talk about with her from. Mm-hmm. You know, from you know, of course, our picks, uh, the World Series, a uh, lot of media, sports media stuff has happened. So, <laughs> so much more to talk about still. Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, Second City Sports on Sports Hill Chicago, hour number two, coming up right after this. that you're in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DoDEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Many will hear the calling. 
few will earn the title United States Marine. The few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition, the first in the month of November. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and again, let's go again on the IG. We have less than an hour left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us, especially for our next guest, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's not waste any time. The Chicago White Sox have a new manager. His name is uh, Pedro Griffel. And to help us talk about that in the uh, future plans for the White Sox for this upcoming offseason, we bring out our good friend of the show for he's from socks on 35th you can go to that website at socks on 35th.com here comes our guy mr jordan lazowski jordan welcome back to the show how are you good thanks for having me back happy friday everyone Uh, happy friday to you as well uh jordan uh, looking at that press conference and listening to it yesterday uh obviously as a socks fan i'm energized by it uh, pedro's name didn't get uh popped up uh it didn't pop up anywhere it was ozzy uh, it, it was a, a few other guys like uh, Pedro, um, uh, sorry, uh, Joe Estrada from Houston and some of the other uh, retreads in uh, um, Washington uh, as well, Ron Washington as well. Uh, what did you think about uh, the press conference yesterday? I, I think, you know, when you're looking at a new manager, you know, you always want them to win the interview, like have a good press conference, say the right things. And, and I think, you know, if that's what you're looking for as a Sox fan, you absolutely got that yesterday. He He called out. I don't know what Sox fans have been talking about for quite a while now. The hustle, the energy, the effort, the the intensity with which they play. He made that a, a huge talking point throughout his press conference. I think that was very targeted for a good reason. Um, and, and on top of that, he, he if you're someone who's a little bit more like me, who's super analytically inclined, you, you saw some confidence in him when he talked about sort of how he views analytics, how it's going to, he's going to incorporate as a manager, how he's going to build a staff that incorporates it. Um, so you look at that and you say, yeah, he won the interview. He did a great job with it, and you feel better as a Sox fan going in. I think cautious optimism is the word that's been thrown around a lot, and, and I think that's a fair way to kind of view yesterday. Now, if you saw uh, Rick Hans at presser, he's, he's, he's not like a little kid, right? You finally got the presser he wanted for Christmas, as opposed to a couple years ago, he was just, you know, like, oh, I'm not saying anything, you know, blah, blah, blah. Now, it looks like he finally got his, you know, got his guy. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see now, he, his guy has to deliver, and do, do you think, you know, can Because we saw uh, uh, Pedro talk to Eloy yesterday in Spanish, so... You know, the communication thing, I think that was really what I think 
what won uh, Rick Hahn and uh, Kenny and you know the rest of the, the White Sox brass over. So what do you think? Can he be that answer to kind of build this team? I think it depends on what they do the rest of the offseason. I think it's absolutely something where, you know, you're going to experience growing pains with the new managers. They're going to make rookie-type mistakes, and you be like, oh, well, if we had a more experienced manager, would this happen? I don't know. Um, so you're always going to have those situations. But if you build around a team that, that's good enough to kind of work through those mistakes, I think we've all said it a lot. You know, this current iteration of the White Sox is pretty good. Um, you can kind of just run a monkey with a typewriter out there, just kind of put, put the lineup out. And as long as you do that and stay out of their way, they should probably be fine. And it's still very much the same roster. Um, but at the same time, you know, when you're talking about playoff management, playoff decisions, things like that. Yeah. You, it's fair to question that because it's a brand new manager, but also it's not going to matter if you don't kind of finalize the team surrounding him and surrounding the staff that's currently there. Yeah, we hang out with our guy Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th podcast and Sox on 35th.com. He's hanging out with us on the Friday edition of Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Sailor Kina here with you. Jordan, filling out the rest of that coaching staff, we know Ethan Katz is one of two coaches that is returning from the previous regime. Charlie Montoya's name has been thrown out there to be um, Mr. Pedro's uh, bench coach. Do you, uh, how, how do you, if this move is, is true and is finalized, uh, what, did you think about, what do you think about this potential move? Yeah. So when you look at Montoya, for example, you know, when you hire a brand new manager, you're probably going to find a bench coach who has managerial experience and not too many of those guys exist because if you have managerial experience, you probably want the manager job. Um, and in this case with Montoya getting fired this year and according to Rakan, multiple teams interested in um, employing Montoya again this year, probably as a bench coach, you had to move quickly. You had to get your guy because this is someone who has experience, who can help Griffal through some of those early growing pains, early learning pains, things like that. So that's sort of the move that I think a lot of White Sox fans expect. If you're going to put someone brand new in the dugout, um, he's never been a manager before. Well, you better help him out with who you put on his staff. As for Ethan Katz, I think we've talked about it a lot. Pitching wasn't the main problem for the White Sox last year, the offense was, the defense was, the accountability was. And, and I think it's a vote of confidence for Ethan Katz, for the White Sox to say, yeah, we're going to overhaul our entire staff, but you're the one guy who's going to survive. Um, I, I think that should be a vote of confidence for him. Okay, well, let's talk about sort of like the you know, player movement and such. Now, we'll start with, uh, of course, Jose Abreu. Now, there are rumors that maybe they may trade him, that he may just let him go. There's some, I'm sure there are going to be some that want to stay. Where do you what do you think is going to happen to Abreu? I'll be honest. I think he's gone. I, I, I think you, you look at it from the roster, and it's not Abreu's fault necessarily. It's not Abreu's fault that the White Sox have a roster that really doesn't fit him right now. So you either got to pick Jose Abreu or you got to pick Andrew Vaughn. He always a liability to himself in left field. Vaughn's not a good outfielder. And Rick Hahn has said, we are not going to put guys out of position next year if all goes well this offseason. So that kind of leaves either Vaughn or Abreu as the odd man out. And I do think that when he's 36 now, maybe, or he's going into his age 36 season, mm -hmm. he's getting up there. He's got, he doesn't have too many contracts left. He's going to want to go to a team that he feels like, yes, they are ready to win and compete. And I feel confident in that. And while the White Sox are ready to win and compete, 
do you feel more confident in a brand new manager and coaching staff overhaul? Or do you feel more confident in, say, a team like the Astros, who have an aging first baseman of their own that's a free agent, a team that's been in the ALCS six years in a row, hasn't had a lot of turnover in their coaching staff, is in the World Series and is one game away from winning the World Series? Where do you feel more confident if you only got one more contract left? So, you know, as much as fans want to keep a break, you also have to think about it from the perspective of, you know, outside of loyalty, why would a break you want to stay here if there's a sure bet elsewhere, especially as you're getting up there in age. Brea was 31, 32. I think it'd be a little bit different, but this is likely his last contract if it's a multi-year one. Let's go to the starting rotation. Jordan, uh, Johnny Cueto, uh, he had a, a, a great year for the White Sox uh, at, at his age. I think if he's going to be brought back, he'll be brought back on a one-year deal. I know what Davis Martin did toward the end of the season. He got injured in his, in his last start in that last mm-hmm. game against Minnesota. Uh, where do you see Johnny Cueto uh, landed? Do you think that the White Sox will bring him back, or, do you, or is it too much money is going to deter him to go somewhere else? I don't, I, I view it as Cueto will probably earn typical fifth starter salary. So about $10 million next year. Mm-hmm. Would you rather pay $10 million, which he's earned. Don't get me wrong. He has earned mm-hmm. it. Would mm-hmm. you rather pay that $10 million for 37, 38 year old Johnny Cueto? Or would you rather spend that $10 million on a younger starter, maybe a multi-year deal that's 10 million average annual value? Where would you rather put that money? Um, you also have to consider the fact that Cueto down the stretch this year sort of faded a little bit. You saw the numbers mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. start to regress a little bit. He was great. He was awesome to watch all year. Mm-hmm. But the beginning of the season and the end of the season, he was a different pitcher uh, in, in terms of overall results. You also have to take that into effect um, or, or that into account when you're making this sort of decision. So I don't think he ends up back with the White Sox. I, I think, you know, if they did, great. It'd probably be on a smaller four-year or four million dollar deal like they had this year mm-hmm. but once you get that production for four million dollars it's hard to want it at ten million dollars too like you'd rather try and find that elsewhere do you think now i'm, I'm trying to this carefully so what what big needs do you think this the Sox will try to go after i know girl correa's name has been you know brought up perhaps that they you know this like they may try to go for might be maybe another starter or a middle reliever they may go for. So what what names are you hearing that could be, you know, somebody that the White House can pursue, you know, when all the when the offseason officially really gets going? Yeah, I think in terms of free agents, one name that still comes around a lot is Michael Conforto. Um, the reason being, you know, he had to sit out a year for so- shoulder surgery. He's going to be someone who's going to have to take a one-year prove-it deal. And, you know, with the White Sox probably going to say, you know, Oscar Colas is our future in right field. We're going to put him there. A.J. Pollock, assuming he picks up his option, is still going to need a platoon partner on left field. So Conforto hitting from the left side, Pollock hitting from the right side. That's the sort of fit that makes sense on a one-year deal until you can kind of offload Pollock's salary and, and re-delegate those funds elsewhere into 2024. I think that's one name that's been super popular. Um, thankfully not too much connection to relievers simply because I don't think there's a spot for another reliever on this roster. Um, but I think in terms of starting pitchers to look at guys who are three, four, five type starters, Jameson Tyone. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for like a bounce back candidate, who's going to get maybe a smaller deal, Mike Miner, Martin Perez had a great year in Texas. He's a five type starter who you might see come in on a deal. 
Um, when you look at the White Sox, they're probably going to pick between a 10 to $15 million deal on an outfielder or a second baseman or, and a, um, and in addition to the starting pitching staff. So I like their options internally better at second base than I do, um, in the outfield. So I think it's more likely they spend the money there, but I, I don't expect anything too drastic to happen in terms of some of the bigger name free agents. We hadn't done a whole search with our guy Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th. He's hanging out with us right here on Second City Sports, the hashtag Football Friday edition. I'm Sid Desley Keenan. We're live in the 11 Color Sports Zone, Chicago. Jordan, uh, you kind of uh, teetered on my next question. I'll still ask you anyway. Uh, what can the Sox do to improve their bullpen? I know you have a couple of bad contracts as, as of now that they're returning in Joe Kelly and Kendall mm-hmm. Graber, who really faded down and stretched the last two months mm-hmm. of the year after having a great start to the year. Of course, Liam Hendricks is still good, but I saw some kinks in the Auburn that I'm not predicting anything bad mm-hmm. for him next year, but uh, he's kind of been he, – he was, he was mortal a little bit this year, but he was still pretty good. Do you think the White Sox will make any drastic changes in the bullpen, or this, or this is pretty much the same group we're going to see again next year? If they make a drastic change, it would have to probably be to trade Liam Hendricks. And the reason is when you have a team that – spends a lot of its money on the bullpen, but also doesn't get the necessary production from elsewhere on the team. It's hard to dedicate that much money to the bullpen if you need to go out and buy more production elsewhere. So Hendricks is the type of player who, you know, teams that are looking for a top two closer in baseball, there are plenty of teams who are going to want that contract. And it's almost a luxury that the White Sox can't necessarily afford at this point right now it's something where you know if they get the bounce backs maybe but if they're going to do something drastic it would probably be hendrix but you run the risk of joe kelly not doing well jake deekman not doing well kendall graveman not you run that risk if the guys you leave left over don't bounce back um so that's why i think they maybe won't trade him but if you're talking about something drastic that's been an, an idea thrown out there by a lot of White Sox fans. Is, you know, is this a luxury that we can't afford in Liam Hendricks, essentially? What do, you, do you think the, the ceiling and the win over the White Sox is still open? Perhaps maybe be a contender for the division? You know, if, they make the necessary, if they can make the necessary changes, are they still a favor to win the AL Central next year? Yeah, abs- I, I, they absolutely are. And the reason is, you know, until that last two-week stretch where it looked like the White Sox kind of just gave up once they lost that first game in the final Cleveland series, they were in it to the end. For as bad as last year was, they were in it till the last two weeks of the season when they kind of just gave up. Mm-hmm. Cleveland is not overpowering, so unless they add a lot, you're probably they're probably sitting around the same general team as this year. Minnesota is losing Correa likely, and they're kind of in a tough stretch where they kind of got to figure things out themselves. Kansas City and Detroit are still finishing off rebuilds. It's still a team that can win the AL Central this year, and depending on how they sort of restructure contracts next year, the year after. The window is very much still open, but you needed to make a move like a new manager, and it kind of ties it all together. You needed a new face in there to kind of get the players to play to the potential that they can. If the guys who are here and who are supposed to be the ones who are under contract till 2027, 2028, if those guys aren't 
producing, this is never going to work anyway. So we could they could sign Aaron Judge, but if <laughs> Luis Robert and Eli Jimenez are only playing 80 games, it's not going to matter at the end of the day. Your core that's here, that is still here through 2027, 2028, needs to be the ones producing. Last question from me, Jordan. Of course, during the press conference yesterday, Pedro Grafol talked about being an excellent communicator, playing with passion, playing for the White Sox uniform, playing for the fans. Uh, I know that he's kind of going to be, a, I'll use this term loosely, a quote-unquote, a miracle worker. For those using it, listen back on our podcast, I'm using air quotes here. Uh, what, what do you think that he can get out of Johan Makata and Yasmin Grandal, assuming that both those guys will be here for next year? Mm -hmm. So actually in his uh, extended media time yesterday, um, Pedro Grafal mentioned Moncada as someone he'd like to get back to someone who was taking 80 walks a year. So he, he's already seen, you know, being in the AL Central kind of helps that, but he's already seen sort of what these players can be and kind of has a plan in place for them in terms of how to get them back. And I think it starts with, and it sounds like what he's, the, the way he's kind of relying on it is using analytics to point out each player's strengths and get them back to those. You know, kind of strength is one of them is his plate discipline. You know, it drives some mm -hmm. of us nuts sometimes, but it is a strength of his. Mm -hmm. Getting players to play to their strengths more um, is something that I think is going to be beneficial for someone like Mokata. As for Grandal, just get healthy first. Get those knees back under you. And you have someone who has success with working with catchers in the past and power hitters in the past. Get those legs back under you keep your approach and sort of figure everything out. I think it's going to be a nice breath of fresh air for guys, um, especially in Grandal, who maybe you, you look at the relationship he had with La Russa. Is it the same as the one he can have with a former catcher in Grafal? Probably not. So you, you combine those two things together. It's like you can start to paint a picture towards what bounce back years for those kind of types of guys would look like under Grafal. You kind of told so my last question there, uh, uh Sid, but I'll, I'll here's my last <laughs> question. <laughs> oh, but, but here, but here's my last question now. If there's like you know, if there is a name like your your dream, like you know, free age that you will want the White Sox to assign, whether it's you know, another pitcher or another like you know, cleanup guy, who would that be? I think, well, I'll, I won't do the obvious answer of like an Aaron Judge, but you look at someone like within <laughs> within the reasonable realm, um, right. Brandon Nimmo is actually one. Someone uh -huh. who kind of checks a bunch of boxes. He's good in the outfield. He's left-handed, works counts, good on base percentage, good walk rates, low strikeout rates. Um, you look at someone who kind of, when you look at things that went wrong for the White Sox, they didn't walk. They didn't get on right. base. Mm -hmm. They were poor defensively. They weren't left-handed enough. It's like he checks all those boxes. Now it becomes a question of is he going to get outbid and outpriced to the point where, you know, they're rumoring him to get some, a similar contract to George Springer. Is he mm -hmm. as good as George Springer? I don't know. So are you going to get outbid to that point? Maybe. Um, but in terms of ideals that kind of make sense and in a vacuum on paper kind of feel reasonable, Brandon Nemo would probably be the one I go with. All right, that's been Jordan Lazowski from Socks on 35th Podcast at SocksOn35th.com. You can follow him on Twitter at jlazowski14. Once again, at jlazowski14 on the Twitter and the Instagram as well. Jordan, as always, thank you very much for joining us uh, today on Second City Sports. Keep up the great 
keep up the great work. This should be an interesting offseason. We'll talk again soon. Oh, absolutely. Sitting with Kina, thank you so much as always, and have a great weekend. You too. Stay you too. Safe. Take care. Once again, that was Mr. Jordan Lazowski from Socks on 35th. Check out their website with all their articles, great writers in the podcast mm -hmm. at SocksOn35th.com. Lakina, we still have a few more minutes before we break for the bottom of the hour. Let's bring on our girl from KXRB, Miss Christine, the Queen Manica. What's up, Christine? Hi. And she's still That's... on the beat. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> great. Mentally. Yeah. Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, so we we just got to uh, finish interviewing Jordan Lazowski from Sox on 35th. Of course, the White Sox introduced uh, Pedro Grafal, the 42nd manager in White Sox history, yesterday at a press conference. Uh, before we break down some of the stuff that we heard, uh, what was your initial thoughts on the press conference yesterday? That it was great. I don't think it could have gone any better than than what it did. I think I mentioned when they were you know in the hunt and there were some names being thrown around. That I mentioned, I couldn't think of his name at the time, but I mentioned mm -hmm. Pedro, and I said I would be pretty happy if the Sox got someone like him, and I'm glad that they did. He sounds like he's a very personable guy. He sounds like he really knows how to connect with the players already. I forget who he was FaceTiming yesterday that the that the White Sox Instagram showed, but he was already talking to the players, talking about, you know, what are you doing? Are you putting in the work? Like, what can I do to help you improve or, or what do you need from me sort of thing? And he's a, he's a fairly young guy. I think he's 57, 56, something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think this was a great move by the White Sox, probably one of the better moves that they've done in a long time. So he makes me excited, Pedro. Yeah, some people are saying that he's kind of like the Mike Tomlin, I guess. You know, a great communicator. I think that sure. was Eloy. I think that was Eloy. He was talking to on that uh, on that video yeah. that, that that they posted uh, last night. But uh, yeah, I think. Look, you're only as good as your roster. You got, you know, Rick Hahn. He was, I'm sure you saw the the, the presser, you know, Christine. Like, he looked like he had, like, a little kid. You know, he got everything he wanted for Christmas. He finally got oh, to hire this guy. <laughs> right? Well, I mean. It's like, it's, look, I think it's pretty obvious that Tony wasn't his first choice. So mm -hmm. to see in a, in a reaction coming from Rick Hahn like that, it shows that I think they really did take the time to look for the right manager. Yeah, uh, uh, speaking of the White Sox, I don't know if you, you guys caught the interview. Uh, Lance Lynn was on uh, Spiegel's and Parkin, uh, Parkins mm -hmm. on the score. Shout out to our guy, Danny Parkins, looking a friend of the show yes. back at our radio days. Yes. Um, <laughs> he was on, He was on. I believe, the day of, uh, I think it was yesterday or Wednesday uh, on 670 and score. And Parkins asked uh, Lynn about uh, what was the attitude in the clubhouse. And I don't know, to me, people paid attention to it. Both what from what Lance Lynn said, he said, I'm just paraphrasing here. Uh, you can't uh police the clubhouse in one way, you cannot treat everybody the same. And in, in these modern times, you got to learn what what each player, which each player's personalities are, what makes them tick. You can't police everybody the same way. I found that to be very found that to be very interesting. And I think it just shows, again, what, what Pedro was doing with Eloy there, talking to him, really connecting with the players individually. I think mm -hmm. they found the perfect guy to do that. Yeah, the, the thing is that, that can they produce on the field, I think that's going to be the thing yeah. because we, you know, Jordan just said some of the names that they're being flowed around. And, yeah, the window is still there for the White Sox in the AL Central. Now they got the guy. Now, now he has to produce. So we'll be interested to see if he can produce. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, 
Go ahead, Christine. I was going to say, I hope so, because it's always at the beginning with these coaches that's like, okay, yeah, like this seems pretty promising. Or there are those occasions mm -hmm. where it's like, I, I'm not really sure how I feel about this, but this is actually a good pick that I, I think Jerry got right and Rickon got right. Yeah, just a couple of things before we move on. Uh, looking at looking at that press conference from Thursday, uh, Rick Hahn, like you said, Lakina, he was happy like a little boy getting his favorite toy or video game on Christmas Day. And I'm sure in the back of his mind that if I would have done this two years ago, I don't know if Pedro would have been my guy, but him or assuming to be the new bench coach, Charlie Montoya, who was fired early this year from Toronto, one of those two would have been my guy in 2020. Maybe Pedro, somebody else uh, to his per, uh, to his uh, persona would have been my guy in 2020, not Tony Larusa. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how uh, how Pedro handles the media. We all going to mm -hmm. find out together because yesterday was a PR fest, and rightfully so. But I'm interested to see how Pedro is going to handle the criticism because of the he like Jordan said in our interview, Lakina. Pedro's going to make some first-year manager mistakes. Hopefully, mm -hmm. talent, I think it will, they play together, can overcome that. How he's going to handle the, the Chicago media. I, I don't know anything about Kansas City media, but Chicago media is tough and very different. So how he's going to handle that pressure. But I'm really also interested to see uh, how much can he get out of the guys, out of the guys like Johan Makata and Yasmani Grandal, uh, two of the uh, big names that, there were disappointments. Both of them were injured. More Grandal, yeah. uh, they mm -hmm. uh, were been injured. And if assuming, uh, like I said, assuming that you keep Tim Anderson, how much he's going to be motivated because he not only had injuries last year, he was going through other stuff off the field, which we not we won't get into. But uh, how much he's going to get out of those guys? Because all those guys are on, on they, they they need to show up and show out next year. Christine. No, yeah, I, I mean, I, I had a thought. I was going through my thought already. But, you, you know, I think going back to your point, I remembered it. Going back to your point about what you said, Larusa. you know, they picked him in 2020. You're not sure if Pedro would have been the right guy in 2020. I think for the time, it was right to have Larusa there. And, and here's why I'm saying that. The players really didn't have – any sort of direct contact with LaRusso because of COVID and because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I think in a way they relied on each other in a sense to keep them motivated, to keep them, you know, eventually getting in the postseason in, in 2020. Mm -hmm. and, and I think once the pandemic kind of slowed down a little bit, you were getting more of that interaction with Tony. And I think that's when the players started to see, okay, th this is a different coach than what we had last year so i i think at the time it was it was the right choice but now it, it's definitely looking looking like a better direction yeah in hindsight though like you said with covid lessening a little bit you know you saw you know pedro talking to eloy and i'm sure he's talked to some of the other players as well i'm sure um yeah, he's talked to anderson and grandal and Moncada. i'm sure he's talked to a lot of that guy so like it's like like we've been saying it's going to depend on how they he produces on the field and we'll see what kind of moves moves the white Sox make as we go on here now we got to take a really quick break of course our week nine picks we actually had a pretty decent uh week mm -hmm. last week also too so much sports media news you know to get to the bears have a new radio home uh the end of an era will be coming soon in the tournament men's hoops you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about that last week. You know, we'll talk about it this week. Also, too, so, so much other stuff still. 
Cindy Brown, Lakina McGee, our girl Christine Manica from KXRB. Lots to talk about in the last half hour. Second Seed Sports on Sports Hill Chicago. We'll see you after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Dr. J and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. That music. <laughs> Welcome oh, back to <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition, mm -hmm. the last uh, segment for the show for today and last segment for the week. I am Sydney Brown with Miss Lakina McGee 
and Miss Christine Manica from KXRB Radio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Kingdom McGee on the Twitter and at Kingdom Scrum McGee on the IG. And you can still get at us on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page, Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. Lakino, what was our results from last week as we prepare for our week nine NFL picks? Well, Sid, you led the way with 11. And Christine, you and I both had a well, yeah, we both got 10, Christine, you and I did. So uh, we're right there. Nothing has changed here overall. You're still up by like two games, uh, Sid. But don't worry, though. I need some more separation. <laughs> I know. Well, look, I mean, yeah, right. But uh, look, a lot of teams are off this week. So adjust your fantasy teams accordingly. Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, and 49ers. All six of those teams are, have the, uh, the, day, you know, the week off this week. So. Adjust your fantasy teams accordingly. I need some running backs. Good grief. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I had, I had to majorly adjust my fantasy team because a lot both my guys are, are off this week. So I had to pick up a couple of guys off the free agent uh, block. But let's get right to it. An intriguing one here. You got the four and three Chargers fresh off a bye. Um, competing against the now, uh, as of right now, first place NFC South Atlanta Falcons. Did you start this one? The Falcons are three and a half point favorites at home. Uh, the Falcons have been a, a good surprise this year. The Chargers, they're still struggling with injuries, um, especially on defense. But I, I, the Chargers won on the East Coast when they beat Houston about a month ago. I think they'll do it again going back on the East Coast for an early game. I'm going with the Chargers on the road. Gosh, I was going back and forth between this. And I think because it is a home game and the Chargers are still struggling with those injuries, I'm going with Atlanta. I'm with you, Christine. As much I love the Chargers, those injuries. We don't know if Mike Williams is going to be back this week. I'm still a little iffy on that. It's that defense. I think Mariota should be should be able to you know go through that Chargers defense. And I think it looks like Cordell Patterson might be back this week too. I mean, on IR the last few weeks, so I'm going to pick the Falcons. I'm a Falcons. Yeah, sorry, the Falcons are underdogs. Say three point under uh, so three point underdogs. The whole Chargers are the favorite. Excuse me. Yeah, still, I still, still a pick them though. So mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah. So I'll pick the Falcons. So should be a, a fun one too. I might be watching that uh, game via my computer. The computer now. Next, you know, noon game. You got the Panthers. Smarter from that loss to the Falcons last week. They face a Bengals team cut off a short week and still no Jamar Chase. Christine, you start this one for us. Uh that was a rough game. What was it? Sunday night, Monday night, Monday night. Monday night, Monday night yep. Monday night, yep. That, that I told was, you those Browns. <laughs> yeah, like that That was rough to see the Bengals just kind of go down like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I have faith, you know, that since Jamar Chase is still out and they've learned from Monday night that they've been able to make those adjustments. Um, Carolina, I know Baker Mayfield's been putting in a lot of work, and, and I respect him for that. But I, I think the Bengals are going to somehow fine-tune it to, to bring the win. So I'm going to pick the Bengals. I'm going with the Cal – go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, Sid. I'm sorry. No, I'm, okay. sorry. No, I'm, sorry. I'm going with the Colin Cowherd uh, theory. Uh, whoever loses uh, loses big time on prime time the week before, they come back and bounce back the next week. The Panthers, uh, the, they lost on a boneheaded play with two mixed mix, kicks uh, in Atlanta last week, Cincinnati gets embarrassed on Monday night. The Bengals are at home. Bengals are favored by seven and a half. I'm going with the Bengals. 
I think they'll. I think the Bengals will do just enough to win this game. I don't think. I don't know. If it's, I think it's going to be at the hands of the running backs. I think Mixon's going to have a, a big day. Take advantage of that. And uh, this could be a shootout, though. But I'm picking the Bengals just because they're at home. I don't know why, but. <laughs> Watch PJ Walker has his best game of the season, no probably of his career too. Throw for four touchdowns. <laughs> this is how weird that, that things work now. Uh, Panthers and Lions going to NFC North. Sid, Packers. you start this one. Packers. Oh, Packers. Oh, Packers in there. I don't know why I got that from, but uh, Packers. Yeah, I was reading like the wrong one here. Packers and Lions in the NFC North. Uh, Sid, you start this one for us. You would think the Lions will show up at home in, a, in an important division game, right? You would think they'll show up. The Packers, they got embarrassed on last Sunday night. Don't let this final score from last week fool you. Uh, the Packers, if they don't win this game, uh, Aaron Rodgers may contemplate retirement sooner rather than later, but <laughs> just because they're a better team than the Lions, I'm going with the Packers. And the Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Okay. Hmm. Christine? I'm going to go with the Packers. Like you said, Sid, if they don't win this game – then there needs to be some serious conversations within the Packers office. So I'm, I'm going with green Bay. They went yeah. blank on the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's a, yeah, well, that, well, yeah, we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. Yeah. That, 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 that trade deadline. Oof, boy. Uh, I'll say the Packers too. I mean, it's going to be close. Of course, this is what Detroit does. You know, they keep it close, but I think the Packers will do just not to pull away late. It won't be pretty, but they'll stay right there. And striking this is in that, uh, NFC North now Raiders and the Jaguars. Ah, Jesus. Uh, I'll start this one. <laughs> oh God. Uh, two and five versus two and six. Oh boy. Uh, uh, you gotta hope they'll have a better effort. The Raiders will, you know, as opposed to last week. Mm -hmm. I hope. But uh, I'm, I'm picking the Jags. I, I I don't know why, but I'm, I'm picking the Jaguars. The the Raiders disappointed me last week, and I hope they don't disappoint me this week. I'm I'm picking the Raiders. Lesser of two evils. <laughs> you may be right, Christine. I'm going with the Jaguars. The Raiders are a point and a half favorite on the road, so it's basically at a pickup. I'm going with Jacksonville. Hopefully, this is the uh, the start of them turning around, uh, winning close games. Right now, they're 0 six on the season, um, with the with the final score with six points or less. So Jacksonville has to turn it around. So I'm going with. Oh boy. Uh three, four, and one Colts against a four and four Patriots. And uh Jonathan Taylor looks like he is mm -hmm. out. He's out for mm -hmm. the Colts. Yeah, for the Colts. Patriots show a little bit of fight last week against the Jets. The Colts, I have no clue what they're doing with Sam Ellinger didn't didn't have a, a didn't have a bad start, but he didn't have a great one either. I'm picking the Patriots. I, I you know, I don't know what the what the line is, but uh I guess you have, you, you take the you push it, I guess, but I'm picking the Patriots. The Patriots are favored by five and a half at home. I'm taking the Patriots and Bill Belichick might drop. I'm gonna go with the with the Patriots too. Don't we don't know what's happening with the with the Colts right now at the moment. They're they could be in the middle of a re like a straight up rebuild in the middle of the season. So who knows what they're doing? Um, congrats to Bill Belichick, by the way, for his 325th yeah. rent when mm -hmm. that's an accomplishment. So Patriots for this one. All right. Uh, Bills and Jets. Interesting one here in the AFC uh, East. Uh, Christine, you start this one. Well, my Buffalo Bills beat the Packers on Sunday night, and I was living in it like every other Bears fan was. <laughs> I'm going to keep it going here and pick the Bills for this week. 
The Bills usually lose games like this uh, once, uh, once or twice a year. They usually struggle in New York against the Jets. Uh, of course, the Jets are 12-point underdogs at home. If I were you, I would take the Jets to the points. But with that being said, we pick up winners and own this show. So I'm, I'm going with Christine in Buffalo. I'm making a sweep. I'm picking Buffalo. I, I think the Jets, a couple of their guys are still hurt. And I mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Tredavious White, it looks like he's you know, going to be back and have his first start of the season. I know he's gonna probably have a big game as well. Zach Wilson has to uh, tame the interceptions. That, that's yeah. what killed them against the, the, the Patriots last week. So I told you the Patriots are going to beat those Jets. <laughs> And they're gonna be gun- look, yeah, they're gonna be gunning for him too, yo. That's secondary. I know they're gonna be they're itchy for interception. So Yeah, Zach I, Wilson is reaching that Justin Fields status when it comes to interceptions. Right, right. Yeah. So I'm picking the yeah, I'm picking the uh yeah, I'm picking the Bills too to keep it a sweep here. And tricky one here to finish off the noon games. You got the Vikings and the Commanders. Uh I'll start this one. Uh this could be a trap game for the Vikings. I know the Commanders, they're their defense has actually been okay. No, not great, but they've been okay. Taylor Heineke mm-hmm. has not made any big mistakes, but I'm sure the Vikings defense, I, I, I think they know that they're kind of in the driver's seat. I know some people don't buy them at 6-1. and one. I think this could be a good kind of like, you know, let's get this going here. So it'll be close, and I might hate and might regret this on, uh, next week, but I'll pick the Vikings, but a close one, though, and a very close one. I'm going with the Vikings, too. I've been saying it all season. They they have the line. They have the wide receiver. They have the running back, the coach, the manager. They just sometimes have a quarterback. That's their issue right now. <laughs> I'm going to pick the, the Vikings over the soon-to-be-owned commanders by either Jeff Bezos or Jay-Z, if you didn't hear that one today. Okay, or maybe even Byron Allen too. Right. Yeah, he owns the Weather Channel, so yep, (laughs) you get a weather report on the field. Right. Exactly. With with that being said, the Vikings are favored by three and a half points on the road. Uh, Taylor Heineke has saved as of right now um, Ron Rivera's job. Carson Wentz, Christine's favorite guy to hate, is on the shelf. You don't want to see anybody get hurt. Uh, But uh, I'm gonna hop on that Washington train. I think they get over 500. I'm going with Washington and upset, only because they're at home. Because Minnesota got away with the one last week. I don't know if they can get away with the one on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would be surprised if that happens. But we're already in the 3 o'clock games. Because like I said, Only schedule. two of them bad in yeah. the bad. Well, yeah, well, and look, unfortunately here in Chicago, we're going to get this one. You got the Seahawks and the Cardinals yeah. uh, at 3.05. Uh Christine, you start this one for us. I want to see who you think. I was going to go Arizona. But Seattle has been surprising the heck out of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. So this is my pick. Um, like an, it could either be an upset or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Seattle I'm picking. Well, yeah, they already won one uh, a few weeks back. So, yeah. Did. I think Arizona has revenge on their minds. They're two point favorites at home. That means a whole lot of people are still picking Seattle. If you're a home favorite, you should get three. Arizona's getting to, so there's still a lot of money being paid for Seattle. As you mentioned, Christine, they've been one of the su- best surprise teams in the league this year. I think only because they're home. I'm going with Arizona. Yeah, um, I guess my better ju- judgment, I'm picking Arizona too, mainly because they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins in that first meeting, so I think that makes a big mm-hmm. difference. Plus, they've had 10 days off, so you know they had that nice win against the Saints. This could be their way of kind of turning the corner. They're still right there in the hunt in the NFC, believe it or not, so... 
Should be interesting, though. Should be entertaining, though, still. You know, I'll, I'll definitely be checking out that game. And this will be the other game that we'll be checking out. Of course, CBS has the double, the double header this week. So here are the Rams and the Bucks, a rematch of the wild card uh, matchup from, from earlier this year. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I, both teams are struggling. You know, Rams off that loss to, the, to San Fran, the Bucks after their loss, and all the other issues that they've had. I think Aaron Don will get to Tom Brady because they're they don't really don't have an old line. I'm talking about the Bucks. I'll say the Rams, like you know, take two and call me anymore. And I'm picking the Rams, I guess. I I, I don't know why, but I I just I'm just going by like, you know, feeling, I guess. <laughs> I'm picking the Rams too. It doesn't help that, you know, Mike Evans is kind of questionable right now for this yep. game. So yep. Uh, because I think the Rams have a little bit uh, have more tools in their pocket. I'm picking the Rams. The Buccaneers are favored by three points at home. The overall under total is 42 and a half. So you can do with that what you will. I'm going with the Bucs only because they're the home team. Lakina, the Rams don't have an offensive line either. <laughs> so what gives, like Christine said in one of the earlier games, is Really picking the the uh, the best of two evils, if that makes any sense. So, uh, Tom Brady has uh, had enough time to do whatever he has to do, clear his mind, and uh, get back to uh, get back to focusing on his team. So, only because they're home, uh, I'm going with the Buccaneers. This could be an elim- even though we still have a long way to go. This could be an elimination game. Whoever loses this game probably won't make the playoffs. Uh, the Rams are defending champs, and of course, Tampa Bay they have Super Bowl aspirations, and whoever loses this game probably won't make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, this could be very interesting, though, nonetheless. But, you know, look, I'm sure Tony Romo will be praising both Matt Stafford and Tom Brady. You know, that's that'll never end. So, <laughs> should be interesting, though, nonetheless. Uh, a good one here on Sunday night. You've got the Titans and the Chiefs. Christine, you start this one. I'm going with the Chiefs. You know, this is kind of an easier Sunday night one for me to pick. I think just because Kansas City has been playing really well in the last couple of weeks. But who knows? They They have their weeks where... They, they just fall apart for whatever reason. But but I think this is going to be a good game for both teams, but I'm I'm picking Kansas City. They're, they're at home too. Kansas City is favored by 12 and a half points. Lakina, is, is Malik Willis starting? What you talk about, Willis? Uh, is Malik Willis starting for um, the Titans there, or is Ryan yeah, Tannehill? There, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's been an update. Uh, Rainbow said uh, Tannehill's probable, so... Okay. We might have a final. We might not have a final uh, say uh, whether or not Tannehill is going to play probably till like maybe early Sunday. Okay. Well, regardless, uh, Kansas City should win this ball game. I, I'm going to step out. I feel like the Titans now, I don't know for some reason, I, I feel like if they give the ball to Derrick Henry and just whoever, whoever it's, whether it's Willis or uh, Tannehill, I think just let him you know, go to town. It's going to be hard to slow him down and, that front seven is still questionable for the tight uh, for the Chiefs, I should say. So I'm picking the upset. I'm picking the the the, the Titans. I, I don't know why, but I I feel like yeah, I think there's hmm, should be interesting here. Now a a pretty decent one here on Monday night. You got the Ravens and the Saints. Sid, you start this one. Baltimore is a two and a half point favorite on the road. Baltimore, as we said, Lakino on our last show. Uh, their schedule should be pretty easy uh, from mm-hmm. here on out, at least for the remaining few weeks as they take control of the AFC North, especially with the injuries due to Jamar Chase for the Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals. Uh, New Orleans, they still been up and down. They had a dominant performance against the Raiders at home last week. I think that's going to come to an end. I'm going with Baltimore on the road. 
Okay, I'm going with yeah, I'm going with Baltimore too, especially now that you know Roquan Smith got what he wanted. He's on another mm-hmm. team. Might as well yeah. be with the Ravens, right? So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Ravens. Yeah, I'm picking the Ravens too. I know I know Bateman's gone for the year with that Liz Frank injury, mm-hmm. but it looks like Deshaun Jackson will get the start. So this isn't his first rodeo. I know he's gotta still feel like he has a lot to prove. And plus, like, you know, the defense, you know, Roquan should give him that 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 extra ump that front seven, which they desperately need. So I'm picking the yeah, I'm picking the uh the Ravens. Yeah, it'll be close because you know it's gonna be in New Orleans, but I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of Ravens fans there as well. I'm sure a lot of people from Baltimore live down there, so it should be a good one. Uh I'm trying I think yeah, we're gonna have a Manning cast. So the if the game gets a little bit too boring, you can just you know watch Yay. it if you like. <laughs> yeah. And uh, th- that's it. Those are your picks. Yeah. Oh, like the Bears. Oh, the, the Bears. Oh, well, the Bear. Well, yeah. I mean, the Bears and Dolphins. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I know that was a Freudian slip by me, but yeah, the Dolphins and the Bears. Of course, you got the number uh, three team. I think uh, gonna have Kevin Harlan, Trent Green, and Melanie Collins with the call. Oh, that's gonna be a good one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Chase Claypool. I mean, I think he'll definitely make a little bit of an impact, but to me, he's still. Sometimes, you know, he kind of makes uh, some funny drops. I mean, he's going to be real nice. We and I, with, oh, Cole Clement, they were teammates, of course, at Notre Dame. So that shoved him a little bit. Weather should, won't be an issue. I know there were, there were some early reports of rain. I was like, that's going to that's gonna be over with by then. Um, it'll be close, but, you know, good luck, good luck uh, with Tyreek Hill. That Bears defense. Um, if you're Tua, I think you better try and, you know, see if you can get Gusecki, mm-hmm. get Hill, you know, and Xavier Howe will probably get his, you know, his shot to try to get Fields as well. And don't forget, they got Bradley Chubb now, uh, the Dolphins mm-hmm. do. So, and he got a nice little big contract as well. So, uh, I know he's going to be good for Fields. It should be a good one. The Bears will keep it close, but I think the Dolphins have too much talent. So, I think that they'll, they'll, they'll win pulling away, I think. Yeah. Dolphins are favored by five. Uh, I think the Bears can slightly cover. I expect this to be a shootout. The over-under total for that game is at 45 and a half. Mm-hmm. It may get to that point, so we'll we'll see. But I have the Dolphins winning the close one. You'll see all offense for the Bears. When's the last time we said that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we know the defense is going through some changes, but uh, the offense should pick up for the Bears now. I think but, but I got to have Miami for the win. I think that's an understatement about the Bears going through a change mm. in defense, you know? Um, right. Yeah, and Miami, they they have more, like like I said, with, with the Rams and the, and the Bucks, they have more tools in their tool belt, right? And why the Bears do what they do, I, I it baffles me, absolutely baffles me. Um, but um, at least we saw a lot of good things out of fields on Sunday with Dallas. That's a that's a tough team. Dallas is a tough team this year. And the fact that you even got almost 30 points with them, that's something to pat yourself on the back for, is that you saw a little, little bit of something there. Um, but you know, when it when it comes to this weekend, I'm I'm gonna go with with Miami. Maybe Clay mm-hmm. is gonna have a little impact. I think that's a good move that the Bears did. A good move. I never say that too often about the Bears. <laughs> um, and we'll just see what Fields can do with him. And yeah, and now those are your picks for a uh, week nine in the National Football League. <laughs> you listen to Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, Lakeem McGee, 
Sydney Brown and our girl Christine Manica from KXRB join us as we wrap things up here on Sports Zone Chicago. Yeah, we actually, yeah, we went through that pretty quick because, like I said, you know, six, six teams are on by. So we would actually get through the, the picks up pretty, pretty quick now. A uh, lot to get to still, you know, with everything else. A uh, little sports media news the Bears, you know, keeping up with the Bears theme. They're going to be, uh, they found a new radio home. They'll be uh, on ESPN 1000. They'll start to the, uh, be the flagship uh, radio station for uh, them uh, starting next season. Uh, they made a big announcement about it, you know, made a nice little big, you know, to do about it. It'll be interesting to see uh, what, you know, who's going to be, who's going to be doing the, the pre and post, you know, who's going to be doing the sidelines and such for those. It bears. should be Dion Miller. It should, be, it should be, it should be, or, but we'll see. Or even, even Peg is this gonna be? She's got some yeah. experience, with yeah. Too, mm-hmm. So she did it back in the nineties when it was on six seventy WMAQ. She yeah, was one so. of the calls for the post game show. Yeah, she did. So uh, they probably won't have to go outside. Just maybe, 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 maybe just to get new, more Bears analysts. Maybe like you know, you got Spice Adams out there. It'll be interesting. Maybe Alex Brown does a great job over at uh, NBC Sports Chicago doing their post game with uh, Cappy and them. So yeah, what do you guys think about that move? I think it's uh, going to be interesting. I, I know Tom Waddle is probably excited about about the whole new endeavor, and who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll throw him on for a couple of games during the season next year. Yeah, a couple of things here. I, I like Tom Thayer and Jeff Jonia calling the action. Hopefully, yeah. they keep the uh, keep those two. I actually met Tom Thayer a couple of years ago. Great guy, great guy. He, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, a former. He's from the '85 Bears and right. a oh, great office yeah. alignment. And he's been doing. Oh, my mom Bears. knows him very well. Yeah, he's been doing <laughs> games on the radio since 1997. So I hope they keep those two. As far as Supreme uh, post game shows go, I hope they pick Dion Miller. But we still have a long way to go with that. But here's the thing about competition, especially in this town mm-hmm. for sports radio. The mm-hmm. 670 score has the Bulls and the Cubs. Yep. Now. The the uh, now ESPN 1000 has the White Sox in the flag uh, in the charter franchise uh, in, football franchise in the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. ESPN is should be on on the same course with 670 score as far as game listeners because whether you like them or you hate them, people are going to listen to Bears games and that's going to draw more more people to ESPN 1000. Don't forget, they're going to have the coaches show as well. So mm-hmm. that's going to draw even more listeners. So this is a great move for ESPN 1000. And this, you should have a true ratings war between them and the score now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're right there. Equal footing to you. Good karma. Mm-hmm. Brands, you know, once they got out of ESPN umbrella, umbrella, I'm talking about uh 1000, good mm-hmm. karma brands, you know, they, you know, they, the folks there at the top, they've been, you know, going, you know, going lights out, you know, they got the white socks and now they've got the, the Cubs, and of course, you know, don't forget, uh, six hundred score. Uh, well, the Bears, and well, the, well, the Cubs. You know, the six hundred score has the Cubs mm-hmm. and the Bulls, and of course, mm-hmm. they got Illinois. I think they do some Illinois uh, hoops. I think so, and DePaul as well, and of course, uh, six you know, one thousand. They have Notre Dame uh, hoops. I think they're going to still be doing that again this year. So it should definitely be a, a real raise war now between those two, which it hasn't been the case in the last decade. So. This it's probably going to take a while for Jeff Joniak and, and Tom to say ESPN 1000. Yeah. In the Banners Radio Network. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah it, it could take them a couple of times to, to get the call letters right. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm sure they'll, they'll be pressing that a lot because they've been doing it for like the, since 05. Yeah. So they've been doing that forever. So we're interested to see, you know, who's going to be doing what, you know, what dudes are going to be doing what. You feel for those guys at the score and, well, I'm sure the score is going to be talking about the Bears, but... Yeah, they still know, have that team of experts, but right, yeah. yeah. All, the, all the flagship programming goes over to ESPN 1000 now. 
Right. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll still, still do like, you know, Bears discussions. I'm sure they're going to be mm-hmm. doing like, you know, Bears you know, shows and whatnot. But like I said, all the flagships that's going to be on uh, 1000. So that's a big, a big get. Also, too, it's going to definitely be a, a rage war now between those those two now. So as it should be. Uh, some other uh, media news, of course, this came out a couple of weeks back. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. Uh, Jim Nance uh, with the college college hoop season starting next week. It's going to be some changes after this season, after uh, this season, March, uh, March Madness coming up. Jim Nance decided to step away from uh, his uh, March Madness duties and, and college hoops in general. Uh, he'll, he'll still be doing, you know, the NFL, he'll still be doing the Super Bowl, and of course, Masters coverage and golf coverage, but he wants to be able to watch as a fan. And he's going until after this season because where um, the men's Final Four going to be this year? It's going to be in his native Houston because that's where he went to school. Mm-hmm. It'll be really it'll be interesting to see if he could probably call Houston, you know, playing the Final Four, perhaps even a national championship game because mm-hmm. they're actually one of the favorites there this year. Of course, I Eagle will be taking over for that after next season. So, what do you guys think about that news? We talked about it uh, on on the messaging. You know, what do you guys think? Time to bring in new talent. You know, he he's stepping aside to let new people come in and and showing them the ropes probably. And yeah, it, it's probably that I would say that would be the, the reason why it should be interesting. Then those are big shoes to fill. So um, they're, they're going to take their time, I think, trying to adjust to, to that new uh, new lifestyle, I guess. Yeah, Iron Eagles, just like uh, Kevin Harlan, they've been underrated and underappreciated mm-hmm. for a long time. Now they're finally starting to get their due. Uh, so I'm very happy for Iron Eagle. So, yeah, hopefully this will uh, get our guy Spiro Diaz up in the, uh, on the food chain. Perhaps he'll yes. probably call a, a regional uh, semi and a regional final because he does. He's done it for West at Westwood One for years. So hopefully we can do it on CBS mm-hmm. and Turner. So. Uh, there was something else that. Uh, so I know you have a couple of couple of you want to talk about real quick. Oh, I wanted to get Christine's uh, uh, thoughts about Kyrie Irving. He participated mm-hmm. in a documentary uh, with a bunch of uh, anti-Semitism language, and the Nets uh, suspended him for five games. And on Insta- on his Instagram post last night, Kyrie Irving apologized, but he he he, uh, he refused to answer the yes or no question that the media uh, threw at him the other day. Uh, uh, and of course, uh, Mike Udoka, we all know, mm-hmm. we talked about that drama from Boston uh, uh, about a month or so ago. Now that it looks like he's going to be coaching the team soon within the next couple of weeks or so after mm-hmm. Steve, Steve Nash got the ax earlier this week. I wanted to get Christine's thoughts on that. Um, You know, it, it's it, – look, the Nets said at least five games. It could be more depending on how that, that education, that those talks with Kyrie end up. Um, I hope he learns from this. Um, it's horrible that this kind of stuff is, is still happening. Um, but again, I, I hope he, he learns from this as anybody that, that goes through a situation like this, whether it's in regards to anti-Semitic things or racism, there's always stuff to be learned. There's always opportunities for education. So I, I hope he, he gets the education and I hope he, he really thinks about his, his actions in regards to, to the things that he did. Not what he said, but the things that he did. Yeah, the whole thing, you know, sort of a growth and being more nuanced, I guess. You know, this mm-hmm. seems to be happening a lot more lately. We talked about, you know, you know Kyrie and you know, Kanye's comments a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just the whole, there's no room for that type of stuff. And the fact that we're still talking about it, we're almost at 2023. We're still talking about this type mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's just you know awful what you know what this is happening here now 
As for Udoku, uh, well, well, look, I mean, I know people are saying, wait, can they do that? Can Ines just come yeah. in? And, well, look, the NBA didn't suspend them. The Celtics did. So yeah. that, that left the opening there for them to, you know, swoop in and get Udoka. And look, there were rumors that he was going to be, he was going to be done at Boston anyway. So <laughs> you might as well yeah. try to, now he has to be in charge of, you know, cleaning up this mess. And it'll be interesting to see if I'm sure there's, you know, you're going to be in Brooklyn. So I'm sure folks are going to be, you know, gun and gun informed and want to know what happened. I'm sure that there's been a gag. Yeah, the New York media is tough. Yeah. yeah. So that, that that's going to be a part where I'm going to be looking to see, you know, other, you know, besides the Kyrie stuff. That's probably his punishment enough dealing with the with the team like the Nets right now that are just in shambles. That's punishment enough. <laughs> here's probably the thing. So. Yeah, here's the thing before we move on. I remember Stephen A. Smith saying uh, 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 from first take that show that I refused to watch. Uh, he said when when this all went down, he said he said he he frankly said I don't have any knowledge of this. It's just my opinion. <laughs> I have no knowledge of this. It's just my opinion. He said yeah. he uh, he said this. I'm paraphrasing here. I bet you that the Boston Celtics are doing all this to keep him away from Brooklyn. Yep. And look what's happening now. Yeah. Brooklyn <laughs> has hired you, Doga. You, you, you guys know as well as I do, Stephen A. Smith is connected to the NBA as well as mm-hmm. anybody. Don't tell me he didn't know something about that. Because if you oh, tell no. me he didn't know anything about that, that's BS. Oh, no, I refuse to believe that he didn't know anything about this or didn't have at least have like inside knowledge of. And that that's why he said what he said. He was trying to cover his butt. Yeah. I don't know anything. Really? Yeah. Okay. Come on, please. It'll be like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. But uh, let me let me look up and see like when's our first meeting is. That's going to be between the Nets and the Celtics. That's going to be a very okay. <laughs> that's going to be very interesting. But yeah. uh, go ahead, Sid. I know you got some uh, more stuff oh, you want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> I want to ask Christine about the Chicago Bulls. They won their last two games. Uh, speaking of the Brooklyn Nets, uh, the Bulls beat them. Uh, on Tuesday night, Zach Levine scored 20 of his 29 points in the fourth quarter for that win. And, of course, they bounced back on Wednesday at home to beat the Charlotte Hornets on uh, 106-88. What do you think about the Bulls so far this year, Christine? They're great. I, I don't know why everyone was freaking out with, with the injuries and, oh, Lazo is going to be, you know, this team is going to keel over. And it, look, we obviously see – that this team is something special. And I even said it last season, too. They got a great bench. You got to have confidence in the whole team, not just the five guys that are out there on the floor. Billy Donovan knows what he's doing, and, and it shows just from the last couple of years, including now. Well, the last two games for the Bulls, their bench has been the story. Gordon Dragic, my guy, uh, Javante Green, uh, and Patrick Williams, even though he's still a starter, yeah. uh, he's been playing 30-plus minutes. He's Delivering close to yeah. close to a double double. And speaking of one of those stars, DeMar DeRosa has been struggling, but Nikolai Vucevic, he's he's he came into to camp in better shape. Uh, he's doing it right now. So uh, you, it's not too much to co- to complain about the Bulls. They're five and four. They'll face the Boston Celtics on ESPN tonight at six thirty. Christine, one more thing about the Bulls before we move on. Did you check their Twitter account this morning? No. <laughs> Go check it out. Zach Levine did something special. Maybe it's something in the air, good in the air for the Bulls tonight. I'll no, leave it at no. that. Yes, I guess it could be a good omen for the Bulls. I guess it's something else. Speaking yeah. of the Celtics, uh, they face the Nets on December 4th. That's a Sunday. Oh, a month. month from today. Yeah. yeah, is that on a Tuesday or a Thursday, Lakina? That was a Sunday. A Sunday? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe NBA TV will put that game on if Udoga's hired by then. Yeah, Which I'm sure you will be. He will be. I'm sure it'll be official. So yeah, I'm sure there's gonna be like a lot of paperwork they gotta do. So mm-hmm. 
you know, the sun to look out for. So uh, in case that does happen, that'll be interesting. I'm sure NBA TV will try to get that get access to that mm-hmm. game. If not nationally, get the local feed and stuff. So it'll be interesting. Yep. Mm-hmm. None, uh, none the less. Now, uh, let me see. There's one more thing I want to ask you guys before we disperse. But also, too, congratulations to uh, uh, Jonathan Taves, I should say. Uh, scored his 16th career overtime goal in their win against the Kings. Only five, yeah, only one of only five players to do that. He, he joins that list that includes uh, Alexander Ovechkin, Cindy Crosby, Yarmir Yager, Brad Marchand, and Ilya Kovacek. Kovacek, I should say, as you know, having more. So he he joins pretty elite company there. So, so Hawks are starting a little, you know, a little bit. You know, they probably won't you know, compete for a, a playoff spot, but I'm sure they'll keep things entertaining and kind of like to. So congrats to uh, Taves and the, uh, the yeah, Blackhawks. Yeah, for you Blackhawks fans, last night was great. Enjoy while you have them, and that's all I got to say. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, that's probably the I one saying that, but we got to face reality. <laughs> All right, uh, Christy, do you think uh, Houston clinches it tomorrow night or will the Phillies force a game seven? I hope they force a game seven. That's what I'm rooting for. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I had Philadelphia seven, so uh, they better win tomorrow. (laughs) I know, right? I had Philly in seven, too. So, yeah, they better win. (laughs) It was interesting that, you know, you have the the Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans. They played each other last night. And here you go, like they're in the World Series too, so that's kind of a fun little little similarity there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very rare that it happens. I think I saw somewhere that actually the World Series, I think locally in both cities, actually outrated uh, the Houston uh, Philly game, the NFL game last night. So I saw those numbers, and well, the uh, Texas are terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why. Now nationally, I, I think you know uh, it was a little bit more even, but. Yeah. I think that the World Series did beat the uh, that that you know the coverage between uh, the Eagles and uh, Texans by like, a couple of min- million. So one case where baseball actually won out. So <laughs> like Ron Manfred, Ron Manfred kind of hangs head on there. <laughs> all yep. right, sit, all right. Anything else before we disperse, uh, folks? Oh, Christine, real quick, um, college football Saturday, Notre Dame, Clemson. Um, Clemson's oh, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, do you think Notre Dame pulls off the upset? Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> it's a sold-out <laughs> game at, at, yeah. at Notre Dame, so that's going to yeah. be a great atmosphere to be a part of. I wish I was there. Yeah, it'll be, on, it'll be on NBC, so you don't have to stream it on Peacock, although you can if you want to, Christine, so it'll be, but it'll be yeah. on NBC. <laughs> it'll be on uh, free TV. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, power, yeah, Powerball is $1.6 billion, so uh, folks, if you want to buy a ticket, you know, that that's... <laughs> That's Christine will buy our tickets. <laughs> yeah, I, did. I bought the ticket the last time it was it was big. <laughs> well, look, you got till tomorrow. If you guys haven't uh, bought your tickets yet, you got till tomorrow the, the drawing. So at one point six, Jesus, you know. But we probably no one will probably win here in Illinois because they already we already had our big jackpot for like the next five years. So we actually had um someone from Del Rapids. It's a it's another little town here in South Dakota. Actually, was one number away from winning it on Wednesday, and they ended up Ooh. getting fifty thousand out of it. So they did Ooh, get a not, portion of it. It's yeah. not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, that's yeah. not. Yeah, if that's part yeah, of that into some cryptocurrency or some other businesses and turn into a bigger profit, it's still not bad at all. Right. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> that's 
Yeah. Oh, see, there you go. You know, yeah. get yourself a new car for that for that amount. <laughs> With that said, you can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and at Keita Scorpio on the IG. <laughs> you can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Christine, where can the lovely people follow you? They can follow me at CNanica underscore KXRB on Twitter. All right. And don't forget, folks, we are on Roku TV again. Roku! Right, yeah. So, 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 so you'll, you'll go on your Roku TV or your Roku TV uh, device, um, you know, your smartphone, your laptop, your PC, Chromebook, whatever device you got. You know, just you know, go on Roku Television and uh, Sports on Chicago. You know, all our shows are right there at your fingertips whenever you want. Our shows, uh, Sean and Maya, the Smoke Fellas, and What's Up Cuz. So uh, all the all the shows are right there for you. Like I said, right at your device. Yep, you can catch Second City Sports at Live Day Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports on Chicago. Don't forget to download that Sports on Chicago app. Follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Catch our podcast at War on Anchor. We are mm-hmm. available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you give War Media a follow at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Also, to follow uh, Sports on Chicago at Sports on Shy on Twitter. You catch our, you know, our lovely faces and also to check out the shows and I know Sean's got that going with uh with uh, all the news and stuff, so it's all right there for you. <laughs> and there will be a viewing party, as you guys see here on your screen. You're going to be watching this on YouTube and on Roku and on Facebook. Uh, it'll be a no- November 20th at Outlook Lounge Sports Bar, 1758, I think, West uh, Grand Avenue. I think that's not too far from the United States. presented by Miller Lite. It'll be M- Miller Lite giveaways all game long. This will be for the Bears. Uh, at Falcons game, so that should be a fun one there. Nonetheless, the doors open at 11 a.m. Yeah, so uh, come out and show support. Absolutely. So uh, for Sid and Christine, I'm the Candace with Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago. Enjoy all the games. We got the MLS Cup too for between LA and Philly. That's that's gonna be on Sunday. So make sure you guys check that out too. How are you, soccer fans? Enjoy all the games, everybody. For Sid and Christine, I'm the Candace with Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Monday. Apples, holla! <laughs>